2: I'm Ann Kennedy.
3: Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co founder of both Moz and Brett Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at
0: OutlinesVenture.com. Hi, Jillian. What's on your mind today? Well, I came across an article from our friends over at First Round uh, Review. Uh, one, It was about how to revive employee motiva- uh, motivation, right? So not to instill it, but to revive it. And now seems like a good time to address keeping your team motivated. Here we are, we're nearing the end of Q3, there's these post-summer spirits, you know, they might be flagging, especially if your company is progressing more slowly than you thought it would back in the enthusiasm of Q1 so it's a good time
3: yeah that's true we start the year with a plan and sometimes the execution doesn't go according to plan or I might say mostly it doesn't go according (laughs) to plan or we discover our, our assumptions were off the mark or you hit a period of rapid growth a mark of success for sure but so unsettling for your team so how do we keep them motivated on the bus with the program
0: Well, Jack Chu, an early product leader at LinkedIn and at Pinterest, explained the pyramid he developed to visualize factors that support employee engagement. I thought it was quite interesting. Each level depends on the sturdiness of the ones below. So, of course, having the right people in the right places on teams is the critical base. But what caught my eye was the next level, ownership and how important it is for everyone to feel that sense of their investment in the business and taking responsibility for the next steps of the business plan.
3: Good point. You're talking about buy-in and commitment. Um, We've also been reading about transparency. Doesn't that have a major effect on employees' sense of ownership?
0: Absolutely. So being open and honest throughout the company was a big deal at Moz. I mean, it was certainly on the far end of transparency. Uh, transparency is the first word of tag fee, which was the Moz code of conduct, right? Transparency, authenticity, generosity, fun, empathy, and exceptional work. Now, this transparency concept, though, means something different in each company, and it should.
3: Yes, and we're going to talk more about that Um later, you know, at Moz, you clearly defined what you meant by transparency. And as we've learned, that is critically important because some understand it differently. And we will get to sorting that out in a few minutes. But first, back to encouraging employees to feel ownership. What are some specific ways our
0: startup leaders can do that? right so many many years ago i read an article that said if one person edited a piece of copy it was more effective than if two or three or four edited it the more people who were kind of put one after the other to it wasn't really editing it was proofreading copy the more mistakes remained in the original copy fascinating fascinating Fascinating. yes the question was why And the answer was lack of ownership, lack of responsibility to get the job done. If you knew that you were the only one who was going to proofread this copy, it was on your head if something went to press without it being perfect. But if you knew that somebody was behind you, well, you could do a brush over and what the hell and you send it to the next guy. He'll catch it and the next guy and the next guy and the last guy on the list says, well, everybody else looked at it, there's nothing wrong anymore. I get it. Who owned it? Right. (laughs) Nobody owns it. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So, getting that right is critical to understanding this feeling of ownership. Right. Uh, again, many years ago, there was a fellow by the name of Rob LeBeau who came out of Microsoft, and his uh, process about creating—I don't know—leadership transformation and so on and so forth. He had, you know, all the 1980s stuff going on, right? But he had an interesting concept as well that said, uh, if you don't own the uh, process, then you have no vested interest in the process. Owning equals interest, and that was intriguing to me as well. People want to be trusted. They want to be told, do this, and then somebody trusts that it simply will be done. Right. That was a big deal, I think, also at Moss. I would say, uh, you know, that people would hang their reality at the door when they came into work every day, and they would work in an environment that kindergartners would be trust, uh, you know, comfortable with. In other words, there was kind of no backstabbing and no uh, uh, hidden agendas and all of that. If you said something would be done by end of week, it would be. And if it wasn't going to be, you'd be asking for help on Wednesday instead of providing excuses on uh, Friday. And anybody who was asked on Wednesday to help you out would not consider that you were simply dropping the ball or not working hard enough. They'd all lean in and help you get it done. So those are the kinds of things you want to engender. The question is how? And the answers really do lie in this ability to give ownership. So one person gets to do that job and to be responsible for it. At every level, right? The, the director is, or the CMO is this, and the director level is that, and the manager level is the next thing. And even the worker on the ground has that personal responsibility to do something and get it done. They are trusted to do it well. And that's part of that hiring process, right? You hire slowly, you fire quickly. Well, if you're going to hire slowly, you want to hire those you trust, and trust them, right? Ancient Chinese, uh, not proverb, but kind of uh, wisdom. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I'm a strong believer in that. That would be number one. Number two would be checking in and saying, do you want to own it? Right? Mm -hmm. At which point you're getting buy in in advance, not just, if you will, uh, instruction that you will own this. So you get that buy in when you hire. If you choose to take this job, you will own these things. Are you prepared to do that? Set good expectations. When you give the jobs one by one at each day of one's work life, again, and from the very bottom to the top, you say again, this is you know, for you. Are you ready to take this? Do you have the time? Are you still on another project? You know, get that communication going and uh, you can't penalize people for being honest. I have 18 projects on my plate, I can't take this 19th. Well, this is far more important than all the others. Then I'm going to need somebody in a position of authority to give me permission to get rid of the the bottom seven on my plate, right? Somehow you have to have those hard conversations and it usually means we need more help, we're growing fast, Mm -hmm. right, in a startup company.
3: Yeah, so then you refer back to the base of having enough people, in uh, the right jobs, you know, who are qualified right. before right. you can and build we know, up to ownership. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So we know that in early stage startups, not having enough bodies to get a job done, to get the job done, right, the whole thing, is constant, right? You're always pushing at the seams there. That means that you have to establish those very honest discussions very early on, setting that culture in place that says, we don't beat people on the head because they were honest and saying, nope, I'm actually not going to get the bottom seven things done. There's no way.
3: Well, we're so, going to talk a little bit about that um, in the next segment, about creating a, okay. a, a, a place of psychological safety. So um, what I wanted to say, though, is... W- you are talking also, you know, to go back to that transparency in leadership idea that um, when, particularly when it comes to decision-making and some of the things you just said fit right into uh, good habits in um, creating decision-making processes, which has a lot to do with how employees uh, reflect on uh, transparency or not. Um, mm-hmm. So when a major decision is in the works, it, you let the affected employees know. even if it's inappropriate to have them help make the decision, it's always appropriate to keep your employees apprised of issues and events in your startup at some level. And I know in the next section, um you want to talk about what uh, that may be for different companies. We've talked about that before. So I found a couple of interesting posts from first round myself one about transparency and the other about how to consider diverse personality attributes on your team when you want to get your ideas and plans across that last one is called heart will head model and it comes from um, mastering leadership a book from 2015 and we're going to unpack that and the real point about transparency
0: in the second half Well, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to that because it really is an interesting point. We're going to take a break now for our sponsors. And after the break, let's talk more about employee motivation and transparency. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world, covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio100. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. but you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We are talking today about employee motivation After the summer vacation season, you're gonna need all hands on deck to finish out your year on plan. We talked about employee motivation specifically to encourage everyone on your team to feel a deep sense of ownership of their work. When you have enough people to do the jobs you have and each takes ownership of their own part in that, then says Jack Cho of Pinterest and LinkedIn, you can move employee motivation up the pyramid to achieve your company's goals and fulfill your mission. Now, let's look at what transparency has to do with all that. I really enjoy First Round Review. It's one of my go-tos for uh, great information, truly from people who have a lot of experience in these areas. And they relayed this comment from Instagram's head of engineering, uh, whose name is James Everingham. And I'm going to quote because it's really cool. Transparency is a persistent thorny problem because we are all not on the same page about what it means. Mm -hmm. To many leaders, he points out, transparency means sharing better data to build trust to empower them, their employees, to make decisions along the way. However... Many managers understand transparency as being involved in the major decisions so you can see where the clash can happen without a clear understanding all around. It makes transparency just another buzzword de jour and that's going to slow you down. Besides forging a definition of transparency understood throughout Instagram, Everingham then learned that he needed to articulate who was making decisions and how decisions were being made and why. And that's another process he need, needed to put in place. But first, Jillian, I know you have some th- things to say about transparency
0: absolutely yeah that makes perfect sense providing team members with information as decisions are being you know made in the works right that affect the these uh, employees right goes a long way to increasing their sense of participation and ownership of their part in your startup so again, this doesn't mean that you enable everyone to make the decisions, but telling people how decisions are made is what Everingham uh, said was the turn of the dial for him. So when you're small and struggling in the ramen noodle days, right, your team is likely small enough that everybody feels pretty much involved at every stage. They, you know, everybody knows what's going on, right? It's when you're big enough to insert a layer of managers that your employer, employees feel that you've left them out and they often have been left out because the manager layer separates them from you, the leadership. So, as Everingham learned, meetings move behind closed doors, communication becomes less frequent, and fewer folks are involved in making the most important decisions. When folks say that things aren't transparent, what they probably are getting at is that decision-making isn't transparent. So. What Everingham did at Instagram was to set up a clear framework for decisions, uh, for this decision-making process, right? And establish clear roles with single, accountable owners.
3: Right. There's that concept of ownership that we Mm -hmm. talked about before the break. Um, Though many recognize a company of well-informed employees as a powerful one, Communication and clarity can suffer with growth, more often from inattention than overt action. I mean, no CEO sets out to run a company without
0: telling the team anything, right? I would suspect you're correct, right? Nobody wants to run an autocratic uh, business here. On the flip side, uh, it becomes that way when you fail to tell you're kind of the full team, how decisions are made, what to expect, and when a decision has been made, at least give them a modicum, a rudimentary review of how the decision was made or why. Right? Just saying, hey, we're moving headquarters to Austin is just awful even if you've told people that decisions about where the company will be located and so on will lie with senior management, uh, you know, the C-level team. That makes sense. I'm good with that. I'm on board and I get on there. And if I find out you're moving from, I don't know, Dallas to Austin, uh, how come? There's got to be a good reason, right? So being transparent about how the decision was made and why a decision is made, that's the critical piece. That's the turn of the dial.
3: Right. So, here's what to watch out for in the decision-making making process, according to our new friend, Everingham. Uh, if you have too many owners for a given decision, it sounds like your proofreading story, you know? Right. You, you, you can have more decisions than decision-makers, but if you have the reverse, you're going to have problems. Yeah. So, that's the first one. Then, the next one is... Related, too much focus on consensus. And I fall in that myself a lot of wanting everybody to be on board and have consensus. But honestly, as the boss, sometimes you have to make the decision. And whoever owns the decision has to make the decision. And you need decisiveness. Um, Another big problem to look out for is. An inability to articulate the decision before you. That's a big one. If you can't really define what it is you're supposed to be deciding, how can you possibly make a decision on it, informed or otherwise? And then there's right. one one last one is bias, especially if there's self-interested bias. For instance, if you were talking about moving the company to Austin, and if there's a manager that will be affected by this, that manager is probably not one to be involved in the process of making the decision because of his bias. And I think that all of us need to recognize when that is in effect for us. And perhaps, I don't know, recuse ourselves um, or yeah make our statements and hope for the best. And then there's one more thing, empathy. And do you know who's proved it once again? Google. Ha. In, yeah, ha. That's yes. what I said. In 2016, <laughs> uh-huh. Google did a very googly thing. They made a huge data-driven effort to try to identify the perfect team. And they examined personalities, backgrounds, and skill sets well. You know what they found they arrived at the same answers that good managers have always known that in successful teams members listen to each other and act with sensitivity to others feelings in other words creating psychological safety which we touched on earlier while it seems very low-tech for our data-driven 21st century it remains basic and true I find that so reassuring <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, and you know psychological safety is a combination of empathy, time management and good conversational turn taking and that's a blend that makes people feel heard and appreciated uh, that's a comment from first round review and when a team expands quickly this environment of psychological safety can slip away unnoticed uh, which is is when the difficulties can start. I yes. wonder if you had um, experiences at Moz that might illustrate this for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, not just Moz, but so many of the companies that we uh, mentor and advise, and uh, you get to a certain number of folks in a specific space, and the tight communication of that, you know, us against the world, does begin to separate. And that's when you need to put in the rigor of process. Um, that's what's Yeah, that's the critical piece to this growth, right? It isn't just about feeling good and, you know, as they say at, at Google, the teams that worked best are where they acknowledged each other and they provided a safe space for everybody to speak. In other words, they were listened to, they were respected, and then the conversation proceeded. So people were not being ignored. That's okay when you have three people. By the time you've hit or seven it's time for process to kick in so that you're sure that teams operate that way in other words you have a code of conduct um, and we see that the companies that do set those things in place that make that part of their corporate culture and are very uh, vocal about it right and that comes from the top down this is how we operate right when you do that you reiterate it and then you set that uh, by example you've done a very good job in setting your corporate culture. If you do so, you can hang on to that culture as you grow. It just must be codified. And repetition is huge. Whenever Mm -hmm. it fails, you have to call it out. When it works, you have to acknowledge it. And you have to start every meeting by remembering it and sometimes by reiterating it if you're the group leader. Uh, So understanding that you know, it has to be really infused into every communication process in the business. That's the killer piece. Um, but it's intriguing that the good groups had nothing to do with uh, mixed skill sets, um, years on the job, all of those things. They could be comprised of all kinds of folks from, you know, beginners to uh, senior level, uh, you know, experienced folks as long as they did those very basic pieces, which was to listen to each other, to respect each other, and to take into account this concept of feeling sensitivity to feelings, yeah. not sensitivity to the veracity of the uh, stats being cited by somebody, or uh, whether they were, had a competent or, or excellent solution or it wasn't a good solution. It was sensitivity to feelings. If somebody really bombed out on something, it was a kind way to say, this isn't going to work, right? There's the difference between the damned it and the damned you. Yep. Right? We never yep. crossed the line. I thought that was very interesting. It, it really is very. about acknowledging the human condition.
3: Absolutely. And may it always be so. (laughs) We need to take, take a break now for our sponsors. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing Maria Retan, Larry Weber, it's Tim Ash, James and Arlene Martell, Ross Dunn, John Carcutt, Shahab Zagari,
3: Peggy M. Bennett Kelly, Jillian Music, and Kennedy.
2: From SEO, to affiliate marketing, to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry.
0: Please join me in welcoming Andrew Hank.
2: Pleased to have Jim Lenzone. Please welcome Ariana Huffington. Please welcome Jason Kalkanis. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. We have been talking today about boosting employee motivation through fostering their ownership of their work, and we've looked at how broadly understood transparency supports employee motivation, as does uh, getting your message through. I hope that we have a little bit of time before we get to our tips to talk about another concept of communication that I came across from them. I mentioned it earlier the uh, 2015 book mastering leadership um, in which the authors Robert Anderson and William and Adams developed a model to define three types of people mostly by how they interact with the others and what they need to succeed and he called them heart will and head And for our listeners who have not heard of this, I'm gonna recap it real quickly. Heart people, they're obvious. They're the relationship makers, community builders, strong interpersonal skills. They need to feel liked. Um, You can spot them pretty quickly. They're the ones who show care for the coworkers and promote teamwork and team efforts. Now, will people, Um, commit to getting the job done, and they're very results-driven and capable of an incredible focus on the mission. You know, think like the Marines. Um, (laughs) And, you know, they they couldn't be further from heart people. They often appear autocratic, but you could spot them by seeing they're the ones making the crisp and decisive decisions. Head people are the big picture goal-setting types who understand the world through intellectual ideas might be redundant to say it but i said it anyway you can recognize this type when you find someone who keeps talking about let's talk about the strategy let's talk about the strategy you know before delving into mm-hmm. details so those are the three types that uh um uh the uh, book of um managing lead- uh, mastering leadership came up with
0: yeah so uh, it is very interesting and uh I don't know that it would say oversimplified, but the clarity is excellent. So what does it have to do with keeping employees motivated and transparency? Let's put those pieces together now with what we understand in terms of how people come to their uh, communication styles.
3: Yeah, what I see is that understanding that you need to talk to different types well differently on your teams using the same message for all you know the one size fits all is easy but it's not effective as different types will receive the information differently according to how they interact with the world around them um, customizing your message and delivery for each type will foster a greater engagement from them therefore more motivation you know and more uh, recognition of the um, transparency so
0: so Yeah. Give us an example of how that uh, plays out because you can't send three emails. So how does that play out?
3: I would suggest, I thought a lot about this and I'm going to tell you ways to reach each kind of person, but I think what you would do is make sure the one email had some of each in it so that you had Mm -hmm. something for everybody, kind of like a smorgasbord, okay, okay? or buffet. Um, So hard people care about relationships and being one with their team. These are the ones who need a solid relationship with you. So this actually is outside of the realm of the email. Um, they need to feel that they have a relationship with you and that you care. And if there are too many people, then you, whoever is their manager, they need to feel that. So, whereas, will people care about results and you'll get their best effort? If you spell out the plan and its steps and show them the connection from where they are to where you wanna go. Head people need to hear the big ideas from you and also importantly why your big ideas are worthy. They will also need to have faith that their managers are indeed subject matter experts. Uh, Kind of fussy about that. So (laughs) I will go out on a limb here and um, I think I'm a recovering heart aiming to get into my head. And I yeah. say I say recovery because each of these types has challenges and I see myself in the aversion to conflict, no boat rocking behavior of the heart types.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have anything jump out at you <laughs> for yourself?
0: Um I think yeah, I think I'm kind of a um... Somewhere between the head and the will. Um, I, so yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, so. Right. Boss. When I get into tactics, <laughs> when I get into tactics, I'm all about the will. Let's get it done. You know, tactical plans. Let's start ticking it off. Um, and I often counsel people, um, CEOs, on that particular subject, right? How to get it done? Because uh, very often the CEOs will be the head people, and they're far too often in the strategy uh, and somehow never quite getting on the you know ground and getting it done. So yeah. uh, there is that balance between the two. Um, certainly, I've been a head person for a long time as well, uh, taking a look at the overview and saying, all right, what do all these tactical plans do? At where are you going to end up in five years? So interesting yeah. stuff.
3: Yeah, and you just made a perfect example for me right out of our Outlines Venture Group because we have all three types covered between the two of us, which is a cute (laughs) trick if you think about it, because here's why this matters. This is a form of diversity as well. You know, diverse teams are more resilient. They open new markets faster, and they return more ROI, okay? So you need this type of diversity on your team. A heart to tend to the team, a will to execute, and a head to keep the big picture in view. Simple enough, right?
0: Yes, it does make perfect sense. So I I would say, as a recap, as we kind of uh, uh, close this conversation here, uh, employee motivation stems from their sense of ownership of the work some sense of control over their own future, not just control over the work they're producing, right? This hovering helicopter managers, they fail every time, and they can stall progress in the company. So be aware of that and observe your managers. Make sure you have the right people in that seat on the bus. Meanwhile, defining and practicing transparency fosters this sense of at least some measure of control particularly if you set up a clear and deliberate process for making decisions that affect everybody. If everybody knows how decisions are made, that they're going to be made, right? There's that expectation that will be fulfilled. And once a decision is given to the entire group, it's understood how it came about. So everybody goes, yep, that followed process. And now finally give them that last piece. How does it affect the company? Why was it the right decision for this company? And then, when you communicate with your teams, be mindful about customizing your message to suit these diverse personality types, the head, the heart, and the will. And the will. Yes, and and you can incorporate them. I think if you think about what Anne was saying before, as she talked about heart, will, head, right, those different types of people, I think you could have crafted an email that addressed All three of those types in one space, recognizing that the people who kind of graft toward one or the other will pull out of that email the words they need to feel comfortable and confident.
3: Indeed, couldn't have said it better myself and I have a bonus tip. Okay. Be kind. On successful teams, employees listen to one another and act with sensitivity to others feelings. Empathy, be kind. So that's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm slash shows slash CEO dash coach iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ian Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next time.